Merry Christmas, you filthy animal. Hey, what's up? This is Sharks Across Hollywood, and it's Christmas here in the Shark Pod, and we're gonna start the season off with a nice unconventional Christmas movie of the horror variety, because I don't really like Christmas that much. (laughs) So I choose to do movies like Black Christmas, which is what we're doing today, or Silent Night, Deadly Night, which is probably on the agenda for next year. Inevitable. Inevitable. It's gotta happen, right? Because I think Christmas is kind of dumb, and I just (laughs) like to see people in Christmas movies get murdered. I like Christmas. I don't love Christmas, but I like it, but I do like seeing people in Christmas movies get murdered. I would like to see a slasher remake of Home Alone. <laughs> well, they are good. they are talking about remaking it. They've been talking about remaking it with Ryan Reynolds. Yes, I know. Called Stoned Alone. Oh my god. Because of course. What is this like a like a twenty years later Van Wilder sequel? You know what? I don't know. <laughs> yes, sure. So should I start with the Van jokes? Milder? Should I start with the jokes early? Go for it. Christmas Story is a prequel to this movie. <laughs> Technically, yes. <laughs> Ralphie is Billy. He changes his name <laughs> because I don't know. I don't know if any of you saw Christmas Story 2, but the events of that movie led him to fucking break. His mind is broken and he changed his name to Billy and concocted some weird story in his head about murdering a child named Agnes. <laughs> And he also hates sorority girls because he tried to fuck a college chick. <laughs> he tried to fuck a college chick and she she wasn't into it. Did they have fucking fraternities back in the 40s when <laughs> Christmas Story takes place? I have no idea, but... Well, I guess the Christmas Story 2 took place in the 50s, but still. What, are you talking about It Runs in the Family with Charles nope. Grodin? I am talking about Christmas Story 2. Oh, actually to video did you, did you not know about that no i never heard of it i never watched it daniel stern plays the dad really <laughs> and then that uh, is a strange artistic choice yeah it came out in 2010s sometime oh jeez, wow yeah. and it's all about ralphie trying to trying to buy a car so he can impress a girl it's one of those sequels like all sequels of movies from the 80s that happened in the 2000s right they're just fucking awful oh, and mean-spirited yeah. and they think all the humor comes from people being assholes when really it doesn't <laughs> yeah i could see that <laughs> it's like the dumb and dumber sequel even though that was a 90s movie apparently i never saw it i never saw dumb and dumber 2 but apparently that's all just a bunch of mean-spirited gross old middle-aged dickheads acting like assholes just because they think it's funny yeah that's not that's not far off i avoided that movie the vacation movie same thing except that i one, would that I, one actually made me laugh i'm gonna disagree with you on that one it made me laugh a little bit i enjoyed the vacation movie it's not i'll, I'll never try and make an argument that it's a quality film <laughs> no, but no i will say it made I, me laugh i though. laughed a lot there was there was a joke about the kid being gay the one of their son and i can't remember what it was but i remember it making me laugh so fucking hard and i felt really bad about it the rim job joke was kind of fun maybe that's what it was I don't come on know. over here give your dad a rim job <laughs> the guy walking out to the hot tub is here give your old dad a rim job the guy just turns around 90 degrees or 180 degrees and walks the other way it's like nope not having anything to do with that all right so fucking black christmas the reason i made that joke is because i'm not really funny and it's also directed by bob clark early in his career which is kind of nice was it his first movie i don't know i'm gonna check that you're an imd beer now. i was too concerned about the the main chick okay how do you pronounce her name is it Hussey or hussy i was calling her hussy the whole time <laughs> <laughs>
because I'm a dickhead. As far as directing goes, oh, that's right. We did this last year when we, when we did talked Christmas about a Christmas story, story yeah. and we laughed because he's he's had a he had a bit of a decline over the years. Well, and his his first set of movies, She Man, a story of fixation. Oh my and god, talk, that's right. And we talked about uh, <laughs> what was it? Something weird. Yeah, something weird video. And yeah, shit. children shouldn't play with dead things. Dead of night, and then he made Black Christmas. That's right. So yeah, Dead of Night and Black Christmas came out in 1974. So if you guys want to go back and uh, dig into the Sharks Across Hollywood archives, check out our review of... A cr- or would it be a review? It's not really a review. We don't really review movies. We mostly just babble nope. around movies. Yep. Here's what happened. Here's how funny we think we are. And... <laughs> See you later. <laughs> and here's what I here's what I've been <laughs> masturbating to this week. I did take a lot of notes though. Bob Clark. So such a fucking weird career. How did how did his career end? Let let's see. We not I think well. It I think was it, it wasn't it baby super, geniuses. Yeah, baby geniuses. Super babies. Oh. Baby geniuses too. That's right. Wait, no. Uncredited director. The last thing that his name isn't technically on because he's uncredited. Blonde and blonder, with Pamela Anderson and Denise Richards. Wow. I have no idea what that is. That sounds horrible, but I kind of feel like I have to see it. Karate Dog, 2005, <laughs> TV movie. Okay, and then he did... You can't count TV movies from before 2010. <laughs> well, maybe not. He did Super Baby's Baby Geniuses 2. That was his third to last Ugh. film. That Now, that has the dubious distinction of, at one point, being IMDb's worst rated movie. I don't know Super- if it still is. But we still love him for... At least a Christmas story, but I will say, if I had to pick another of his movies, uh, this is the one, man. Yeah. This movie's really fucking good. It is. I was not expecting to enjoy it that much. Oh, I knew I would enjoy it. I, Like I said, I'd seen it before, and uh, while I do love the remake, this is, this is a classic for a reason. The 70s was a weird time for me. Like, there's a few movies that I know I like, like Rocky and Rocky 2, obviously, but then... Obviously. Every once in a while, a movie, I'll see a movie, and I'm like, wow, I don't fucking get this at all. Omega Man? Omega Man is one. I'm like, no. <laughs> really? I just... I, no. Now, wait a minute. <laughs> did you did you come off of that? Because the first time I saw Omega Man, I actually read I Am Legend as a tie-in, ver- the tie-in version of the book that was titled The Omega Man. Oh, wow. They actually retitled it for the release of the movie. Of course they did. And so I read Wait, I Am Legend. Back, back which, in the 70s? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's weird. So I, 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 I read I Am Legend, which of course is a fucking amazing book, uh, and then immediately had to rush out and rent a copy of The Omega Man and was horrifically disappointed <laughs> you get home, by is, what I saw. Why is Charlton Heston shooting at all these albinos? <laughs> It makes no fucking sense. How it's related to the book in any way makes no sense. Like he dies at the end. So, uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> that's... That that's about. And there is a virus. There is a virus that kills a lot. Of, that kills everybody but him, except for the ones that it turns into weird albino monks. Something. I don't know. Fucking... Yeah. It was weird because I I had already seen. I'd read the book and I'd seen the the Will Smith movie. So I was going in. Oh wow. I was going into this. You were like, way oh. over prepared. And I think I might have even seen the Last Man on earth at that point the vincent price yeah. movie yeah which isn't that good either it's but, yeah. it's okay it's the it's the most accurate representation of yeah. the story I think. it was written by richard matheson too, the screenplay oh but, really i did not know he that. didn't like it so he's like take my name off of this fucking <laughs> thing and they're like you still want to get paid don't you he's like yeah he's like you got it you got to have your name on it so he changed his name to whatever the writer whatever the name right. of the writer is on there so because because he wasn't into it yeah, which i find that really makes funny. Sense. i will say this though about omega man 
now that you know it does not coincide with the book in any way it'll it'd probably be a little better I it's go back a really it. good movie if you don't go into it expecting <laughs> i am yes. legend but now there's also there's an asylum version of i am legend starring it's not i am omega is it, it is it is <laughs> so we start this movie four years before halloween by the way yes so this doesn't really play into any of the horror tropes yet. It has a final girl, but it doesn't end quite the way you want it to. The She's the, not a virgin. The shy virgin clearly. girl is the first one to die. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's so, right. What Margot Kidder calls her a professional virgin. A professional virgin and a pre-Superman Margot Kidder also. And she is very sexual and obnoxious in this movie, See, see which I like. I, I, wasn't sure how, <laughs> I wasn't sure how you were going to feel about that, but... I think she is incredibly hot in this movie. Oh, I nope. Margot Kidder saying, in yep. this movie does it for me like few others. I appreciate a, a, a chick with that command over her tongue. Yeah, the Gene Simmons tongue, and I do that to people <laughs> all the time, and they think it's really weird. And like, I think I I think I like bad girls. I think I really do. Yeah. I, I like, mean, I could see I could see getting into like a, a long term relationship with Olivia who says character or hussy or whatever the fuck her name is. <laughs> I could see that, but I wouldn't relish it like I would relish getting, she getting together was, with Margot Kidder in this movie. If we're doing this, because it's bound to come up at some uh, point. Yeah, She was are. my favorite one, uh, Olivia Husse, uh-huh. whatever. She's super hot. I thought she was... At first, I'm like... She is, is super hot. Is that Catherine Zeta-Jones? Because <laughs> she kind of has that thing. <laughs> no, it's it, Juliet, yeah. man. Yeah, I know. And I'm like... I, I looked at the IMDb on her, and I'm like, oh, fuck. They made me watch that shitty Ju- Romeo and Juliet movie in school. <laughs> Gross. I remember that. But you know who she is to me? Who is she to you? She's uh, Topanga's Aunt Prudence from Boy Meets World. Oh, shit. Really? <laughs> yeah. See, I have. there are a lot of episodes that I haven't seen, so yeah, I didn't. And she voices Talia al Ghul in both Batman Beyond and the Superman animated series. No kidding. Yeah. So she, she kind of, she, she's cool. <laughs> she has, she's definitely got that exotic voice thing going yes. on. And she's still attractive too, which yeah, is awesome. I believe it. My favorite. Margot Kidder's not because she's dead. Margot Kidder was my favorite <laughs> in uh, in this movie. Yeah, for sure. She's a close second. And after that, Olivia Hussey. And then, um, you know. The cute virgin girl did it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I gotta say, I I kind of was I kind of was having a thing for Phil. Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> you know she her was, name is Phyllis, kinda, right? Yes, of course. It's gotta be Phyllis. It's gotta be Phyllis. She shows up in the remake. She is the house mother. Oh really? In the remake, yes. But if you fuck Phyllis, you know who you have to fuck too. Her weird Afro boyfriend. <laughs> Afro Santa Claus. Yeah. Jufro Santa Claus. Yeah. That, <laughs> I laughed so hard. That was the fucking weirdest hairdo. Oh my god. We're not even at that oh, part the yet. Seventies. You so oh, crazy. Man. Oh yeah, and we also have John Saxon who doesn't show up until like the middle of the movie. The great John Saxon. But he's fucking cool and I only know him because he was in Enter the Dragon. He was in Enter the Dragon, he was in Nightmare on Elm Street, he was in oh, yeah. Mitchell. Fuck's Mitchell. I don't know what that one is. <laughs> <laughs> Mitchell was I subscribed uh when I was like I'll say 22, 23. I think I was 23. I subscribed to the Columbia House DVD club, the version that was specifically Mystery Science Theater. Okay. Or maybe it okay. was maybe it was just Mystery Science Theater. Maybe it wasn't like a Columbia House thing. Maybe it was specifically just Mystery Science Theater. Anyway, they would send you the DVD. If you liked it, you bought it. If you didn't, you sent it back, right? And the first one they sent me, the free one you get to keep no matter what, was Mitchell starring <laughs> Joe Don Baker of, uh, I believe, Walking Tall fame. Wasn't he in Walking Tall? Yeah, maybe. Anyway, he he was, was in... He, was he Buford Pusser in Walking Tall? I, yeah, I believe he was. I could be wrong. 
he might not have been. But he was in uh, Congo. He played the the douchey network guy who sends him on the suicide run into the Congo, who whose uh, whose son is Bruce Campbell in the movie. Yes. Anyway, the the legendary Joe Don Baker and the great John Saxon plays the bad guy in Mitchell, and it's terrible. It's perfect mystery science theater, except that there's no science. It's just it's just like a cheesy detective movie from the seventies. It was totally Joe Don Baker in Walking Tall, the first one. I knew it. You are so smart. And it's in the second one. Did Buford Pusser actually play himself? I swear in the I heard that. Now I have to now I have to check. Uh Bo Svensson plays him in the second one. And Walking Tall, the final cha- oh the final final chapter Walking Tall. Nope, it's Bo Svensson again. What the fuck? Because I know he's a real guy. Well, now I now I don't know. Maybe I think I just made that up. Oh, but Kevin Sorbo is in the new Walking Tall movies, so. <laughs> oh, Sorbo. Kevin Sorbo might be the worst person on the fucking planet. Really? He is a crazy Jesus freak. And I don't mean like, hey, he loves Jesus. He is a gun-toting fucking <laughs> Jesus-loving weirdo. <laughs> and it is so weird have you seen the god's not dead fuck have no you seen that oh, i've seen god. so many reviews of it i'm not watching it is that movie so fucking bad it is so terrible and sorbo mm-hmm. it sorbo's in it and wow it's it's rough it is hard to watch it is yeah. like physically painful but that's why and, i watch reviews making fun of it instead of actually watching the movie and i say that as a person <laughs> who believes in jesus that movie is insufferable well why do these christian filmmakers specifically that company make all these shitty movies like like do they know that they're bad because they 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 advertise them and they act like they're the best i have no idea but i mean how how can you not know they're bad they're they're objectively terrible in every way they're objectively (laughs) terrible even in their theology because their theology is essentially anti-christian because it's like anybody who doesn't believe in jesus is the bad guy but that's not what no. Christianity teaches. What Christianity teaches is that we need to love people who don't believe in Jesus and show them the love of God. That's and, and these movies are like, these people are the enemy. Look at them. They're so evil. They're so wicked and hateful and they hate us and they're, our, they're the bad guys. Yes. Like they're just fucking assholes. The atheists in these movies are just the hugest scum you ever met in your life. I'm like, I know a lot of atheists. I've never, I've met atheists who get angry like any human does, but, and I've met people who have a chip on their shoulder against religion, but I've, these people are just straight up evil. It's ridiculous. You don't get a lot of professors in college yelling at you, hey, God's dead. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I'm a dickhead. <laughs> I feel like that entire movie was based off a foreword from the writer director's grandma. Oh. <laughs> I wouldn't put it past them there. What is that company called? I can never remember. I can't remember, but it's... Pure Flix. Pure Flix. Is that what it is? I would do a stinker fest based entirely around that, but I would get too goddamn angry. (laughs) Oh, dude, there's so many. There's this movie called Old Fashioned. (laughs) Have you heard of it? No. Um, I think it has one of the guys who's in God's Not Dead. I can't remember his name, but he wrote and directed this movie, Old Fashioned. And it's about a woman who is single and she moves to this small town into this apartment and she uh, something's broken in the apartment and the handyman comes up there and he knocks on the door and he's, he says hi i'm here to fix your sink or whatever she's standing there and she's like come in he's like no i can't she's like why what the fuck's wrong with you <laughs> he's like well i am not allowed to be alone in a room with a woman who i am not married to and that is the whole premise of this movie they kind of he starts courting her eventually but they they can never be alone together they don't yeah. 
kiss. There's no consummation of any kind because they're not married. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, wow, I've seen two different reviews of it and they're both hilarious. But, you know, don't don't go don't go cinema snob because I have some moral objections to cinema snob. Go Hugo and Jake. They do atheist reviews of Christian films and they're all really funny. <laughs> <laughs> and that one's I that one I think is a long one, too, because <laughs> there's a lot to unpack there. Nope. <laughs> I don't want anything to do with that shit. Oh, I've man. struggled through a few of them. I struggled through a few of them from the perspective of, all right, well, I consider myself a Christian, so I should, I which I don't necessarily anymore, but I used to. I should be aware of what these are, even if they're terrible. I should be aware of what people are so... Because I'll tell you what, they get a lot of hype in the church community. Oh boy, they do they do. like like the hardcore Christians have never actually seen a movie before? They're like, this is entertainment right here. Yeah, and that's the only people who I can kind of forgive for watching it is the people who have never seen a regular movie before. Like, because Bible Man is like the best if comic you... <laughs> book movie. <laughs> oh fuck, what's that guy's name? Willie? Ah, uh, Willie. Yeah, Willie something. I don't remember. He was on some. Yeah, he, yeah, he was on Charles in Charge. Man. Yeah, that's right. Willie Ames. Willie Ames. That's it. There Willie Ames. Oh, God, Willie. <laughs> and then Kurt Cameron. They got Kurt Cameron doing all the shitty Ooh. Christian movies. And no, so I, yeah, I like I've sat down and watched a few of them. And it was, it was like, all right, well, ostensibly, these are my people. I should see what they're up to. And I watch <sighs> them and I'm just like, this is a crime against cinema in every way <laughs> forget the theology i mean i and i have major objections to that shit too but even if you push that aside the cinematic techniques the directing the lighting the acting every fucking aspect of them is bad literally every aspect is bad and these people this is paid for with church funds all right yes this is yes. paid for on non-profit fundraising these people raise literally millions of dollars to make these movies they can't hire a professional goddamn lighting person they can't hire a professional cinematographer to come in and actually shoot the shit so that it doesn't look like shit they they only had two million dollars they had more than <laughs> fucking sam raimi had i know i heard the budget was two million dollars so i i think for that first one oh, you can God. tell they get a little more expensive as they go but i can't even fucking oh i'm gonna get so angry talking about this let's talk about something good let's talk about black christmas <laughs> okay i'll uh, i'll make fun of <sighs> uh kevin sorbo's new movie the reliant uh later what were we talking about jufro that's we right, were talking Jufro, about Santa Jufro, Claus. but before that, well, we, well, I guess we meet all these people at the same time. We meet all the girls in the sorority, and we meet we meet Jufro guy, but we also halfway meet our killer because he's just kind of creeping outside the, mm -hmm. the sorority the... house, going, <sighs> yeah, doing some creepy ass breathing. And I made the observation that I don't think anybody actually likes Lock Barb that eyes. much. Yes, Wally slow stroking. And it's so creepy. That <laughs> shot, that shot towards the end of the movie with his fucking eyeball in the oh, yeah. crack of the door. That oh. that was creepy. I made the mistake of saying, Rachel, you'd probably like this movie. And then I'm thinking, like, wait a minute, it's literally about a dude living in somebody's attic and then murdering them. She would hate that so much. <laughs> Speaking of which, I my ex girlfriend sent me a uh, an Instagram post about a that was taken from a Reddit post about a woman who found a human tooth when she was sweeping her bedroom. She found a human tooth near... She had a, like a sliding glass door on her bedroom that went out to like a, a balcony, right? And right in front of the door, she finds a human tooth. Well, she gets alarmed because she lives Maybe. alone. <laughs> she lives alone. It's just her. Oh, okay. That, that makes it worse. All right. And so she calls the police. The police come 
and you know do they check they check all over the place they check for they dust for fingerprints on the door and stuff like that and they find a lot they find that someone has been coming in someone has been getting inside this woman's house and someone dropped a human tooth somehow right now they're investigating they don't know who it is but she updates Based on commenters' suggestions, she went up into the attic and checked the attic to find a little perv nest up there. And she filled in the details. She was like, look, I know I know how it is on Reddit, you guys. I know you want to know. So <laughs> Yes, we want to know. There was a giant pickle jar full of semen. <laughs> oh, wow. Clothes that, she, that had gone missing, all kinds of stuff. Apparently, someone had been sneaking in and staying up there mm-hmm. while she was asleep and jerking off and just being a creep plot twist toward the end final update they found out it was her like 70 plus year old neighbor married for 57 years deacon at the church works for the local charities and stuff like that and we're back to church again <laughs> how did i know <laughs> god damn it so See, that's what happens when you repress people's sexual stuff guys it's, it's true it, it's actually true. That That's not just me speaking as, as a non-churchgoer. That is me speaking as a human who understands nope, I impulses complete, and shit. I completely agree with you. You get too repressed. I mean, I think a certain level of repression is probably nice for heightening the intensity of sexuality. But ultimately, you start getting too backed up and too filled with self-loathing. You're going to do some fucked up shit, man. It's just yeah. inevitable. Kind of like... Billy. Yeah, kind of like Billy, even though we don't get a backstory on Billy, really. It's only hinted at through all these fucking weird phone calls, which the first phone call we get, it kind of ruins the party because everybody's having fun. Barb's being a bitch and nobody likes her, I don't think. No, I don't think Barb is terribly popular in this house. <laughs> no. So the guy calls and they're like, it's the moaner again. They call him the moaner. The moaner. Oh, and also I'm... <laughs> I don't know why I made this observation. I know exactly why, but I don't know why I care to bring it up, but I'm going to anyways. Uh, Hussie, fuck's her name? Olivia. Olivia. I can't remember the character's name. I had it written down somewhere, but whatever. Uh, She's part of the Illuminati because her shirt has that diamond sign on it. Did you notice that? (laughs) See, what I was thinking upon this viewing is I was thinking those hands are like, it's almost like a foreshadowing in that uh, she's going to be able, like she's the ultimate victim, but she's also going to be able to push him away and, you know, like survive to the end. Oh, good call. Good call. Maybe they did that on purpose. So maybe it wasn't, maybe it wasn't. I mean, it's such a weird pattern to put on. To put on someone's sweater. It's definitely like the diamond cutter It's a thing. very yeah. deliberate pattern. And that phone call gets pretty gross right up front. Yeah. Talking about licking some girl's pussy. And, which uh, <laughs> which was extremely transgressive for the time. But In nowadays. In 1974, I can imagine. I was watching Nowadays it. would probably be a lot tamer. Yeah. Considered a lot tamer. Yeah. And I, I was watching. I'm like, how the fuck? No wonder nobody knows about. No, no wonder this movie gets forgotten about. Yeah. Because like Halloween came out. Nobody's talking like that. Halloween essentially replaced all slash movies before yeah, this that's before true. it as the quintessential slasher movie i think this might be a better movie I yeah think i might oh, like no. it better yeah i, I it, as a whole for sure there's actually good performances I was gonna all say, around in the this acting movie. is better the killer is not necessarily more interesting but he's creepier because you literally know nothing about him all michael he is, is, is far more iconic yes. I, you can't argue that michael isn't iconic michael is an incredibly iconic killer but this guy is a very very scary killer specifically because we never learn anything about him there is no no resolution to this character does this movie have a sequel like one of those weird no no good 
the sequel, the, the closest thing I think there is to a sequel is the remake. Because in the remake, they set it up from the beginning that Billy is a character. Yes. And we get to know Billy. Like Which, through through the exposition of Phyllis, who is the house mother. Oh, of course she's the, she's got to be the one who knows him. Yeah, like like seventy four happened and it's yeah. happening again. Like she was like she was a survivor from back in those days. But I mean, she doesn't survive in this yeah. movie, obviously. But she's the right age group. So when they brought her on, they brought her on as the house mother, and the house mother's been around since you know back in the days. And and so Billy has this entire backstory, and he's actually a character in the movie rather than just a presence. But he is so much scarier specifically because we don't really find out anything about him. All we know is just all that, that those phone calls, and that's yeah. very little information. We never learn more than the characters you do. kind of piece it together, but you can't rape a townie. That was a <laughs> 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 had to had to throw that in there. The, apparently, they were. They I knew were, we were going to have to bring that line up. It's so weird. What the fuck? Marco Kidder sucks. <laughs> She's so mean. Well, you know, like I will say this: it's a product of its time. In you can't in rape good a ways, <laughs> in good ways and bad ways. And Margot Kidder is definitely Margot Kidder's character. Let me say that Margot Kidder's character. I don't know Margot Kidder. I'm not making a comment about Barb. Her I keep forgetting her name is Barb. Is that is Barb? Barb. Anyway, she's the kind of self-righteous, judgmental <laughs> bitch who would say that kind of thing. There's another murder that happened, too, that we'll get to. It's it's all weird. It all, I feel like it all ties together a little bit. Yeah, I think so. I That's the implication. I think the implication is that Billy killed the 13-year-old girl. Yes. And, well, actually, I'll jump on that now so I don't forget. Apparently, this movie was kind of, or some of the, a lot of these slasher films like this were inspired partly by you know that movie the fucking one about the babysitter one missed call when a stranger calls when a stranger calls that's it uh, right. one missed uh, call was a japanese movie yes yeah. <laughs> that they did an american remake of yeah. with that chick from a night's tale <laughs> was when a stranger calls made before this no it was it was just kind of that that thing that well that's a very famous yeah. urban legend it's it's and it it's, was based on that and apparently yeah. the girl who got murdered was 13 in the story so I oh, that was kind really? of a nice little detail oh okay yeah. so they do a little throwback yeah. there yeah so like that could have like let, let's say that's the girl who was in the house there you go she was babysitting and billy was in her attic until he killed her and got bored and finally and, yeah out. i mean that's the thing i have to do with this movie when i watch the original is i have to remember that the remake was not being nothing from the remake is canon in this movie nothing from the remake yeah it's probably harder for you too because you saw that one first yeah that one really stuck in my mind because i personally think it's a good movie i think it's what i want from a remake in that it goes in a completely different direction it's wildly different from the original and it expands upon the original i honestly think of it as a sequel not as a remake but yeah like i have to really actively put all that out of my mind when i watch the original because if you don't then there's a lot of backstory on billy from the re from the remake and this movie doesn't have any of that this movie does not embrace any of that because it hadn't existed yet so you have to just put that out of your mind and when you do yeah like everything's on the table for billy billy could literally be anyone with any motivation we have no idea who he is and what he's up to and i love that it just it, it freaks me out yeah because it makes him scary as hell and this is actually pretty realistic michael myers walking around isn't realistic as we learn later on like well yeah a guy who just kind of walks and everybody's running yet he still catches them and yeah plus he shrugs off bullets like yeah. they're he gets stabbed in the eye and then shot in both eyes N no no <laughs> No. <laughs> this this is scary because this this yeah i'm sure this has happened well you know variants, like i've heard stories I mean, variants have have yeah. happened for sure now 
the first the first victim we actually see is Claire, cute little virginal Claire, yes. and she gets it pretty bad and it's pretty rough. She's going to <laughs> yeah. she's going to meet her dad, so that's that's how this guy gets away with it for so long. They're just like, oh, she's fine, whatever. Yep, she's gone. So nobody nobody thinks Claire's dead. Should they just think Claire took off? Claire is totally dead. And Claire never gets found. Holy shit! Yeah, I know. Throughout her the and, entire movie, and nobody Mrs. goes Mac, into the attic. Nobody goes into the attic. Isn't that fucking weird? And I, I heard about the ending to this movie a while ago before before I watched it. Uh-huh. I knew I wanted to, but I just never, and I just happened to hear about it. And I'm like, that's weird. I don't, and I, I just kind of put it out of my mind, but it was way more disturbing than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> oh man. So a few more things happen, but Claire's supposed to meet her dad like the next morning or something, right? Or yeah. that night or something to go Correct. home for Christmas. As and you do. Her murder scene girl. is intercut with her dad waiting at the fucking train station. Is it intercut? Yes, or? it's intercut with oh, him. I, I yeah. must have not noticed that. I knew his scene waiting at the train station comes right after that. Yeah, it's intercut. It's, it's Oh, wow. Yeah, which makes it even, even worse. Eventually, they make it back to... Well, he, he goes back to the sorority house to kind of figure out where the hell she is okay were you as irritated by him in that scene with the? (laughs) he's so annoying such a he's such a dick but it kind of makes sense that he'd have a daughter like that by him being kind of that uptight yeah i didn't send her to college to what did what did he say to drink and run around oh yeah yeah boys she's just like go fuck yourself but she doesn't say it to her because mrs mac is fun i like her character she hides booze (laughs) all over the house and she is a horribly horribly addicted alcoholic oh yeah and i'm like like oh she's why is she hiding the booze they were just fucking drinking then i realized she hides it everywhere she's a hardcore alcoholic is what she is and it was pretty funny but i like her character and she's like trying to cover up like a a, a naked person <laughs> on the wall when when claire's dad is in her room i believe it's her yeah. room oh and he doesn't like the atmosphere fuck that guy oh and we're also this is also like a christmas party right for yeah. little kids and margot kidder is letting a little kid drink <laughs> by the way that's right she's like and she's being like like kind of creepy with him too she's like hey come here let me give you some you know she's like i'm gonna get this little guy fucked up she doesn't say it like that but she says something very similar to that and then jufro santa is like that bitch that fucking bitch and that he's while he's got a little girl on his lap. He's like ho 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 shit <laughs> Oh, 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 fuck. I love it. Ah, that made me happy. See, there's some weird there's some weird bits of comedy in here that work really well. Like, I think My Bloody Valentine tried that yeah. nine years later. Didn't yeah. work as well. I agree. I think My Bloody Valentine was trying more to be Black Christmas than it was to be Halloween mm-hmm. in retrospect. After seeing this movie, that's exactly how yeah. I'm thinking about it. At the it. time when we watched it, I was thinking it was trying to be Halloween. But now, yeah, it definitely seems more like it was trying yeah. to be Black Christmas. Didn't quite work. <laughs> I think I I, I, I maintain I think bloody my bloody Valentine was a, a good movie and it, yeah. it certainly has its merits it's just not on the same level is all they're going to another sorority house or some shit right and it bugged me because they're at the sorority house already I guess no the I don't um, know how it works where do they live the girls are all going home like for the holidays one of them only Claire's going home. well Cl- no Claire's going home but then a lot of the a lot of other girls too because there were a that's bunch right, of right. girls in that original party scene oh, and there then were, they all yep. go home and then it's just Margot Kidder and Phyllis and Olivia Hussey and Claire's corpse and Mrs. <laughs> yeah. What's her name? Mrs. Mac. Mrs. Mac that's it and her bottles and bottles and bottles of hidden booze. And her stupid cat that's apparently been missing for a while. That's right. Who, this cat fucks who is everything up. guaranteed feeding on Claire's corpse. 
for sure. We yeah, we don't see her feet, so because she's still oh no, she's she's in that chair, which gets creepier and creepier every time you fucking see it. Because at first <laughs> I, you see her, I saw her body, and I'm like, well, why is that chair fucking rocking? What's going on? And then and we then, see Billy's hand, and then he's like. <sighs> Like oh oh, <laughs> I get it. That's not weird. Uh, Mrs. Mac doesn't finish her lipstick when she asks Claire's dad to take her like to the store or whatever she's going. Oh, she does. She does the upper quadrant, yeah. one quadrant, and then she's got to go find the cat. And then it never gets addressed, but eventually she gets. I have to imagine she finishes it. Yeah. Because you see her again, and she has full makeup on. But yeah. whatever, that was just a sidetrack. It's not really that important. It's just one of those one of those comedy moments that actually work pretty well. You're very kind for doing this, even though she's like swearing and you know, it's like you piece of shit cat. Where the fuck are you? <laughs> I it's like another her. another comedy moment. So along with that kind of stuff, interspersed with this nonsense, we meet Jess Jess's boyfriend, and I fucking hate this guy. Yeah, this so guy's... fucking much. I hated his face the second I saw him. I hated him the first time he called. Like the first time we hear from him Jess calls him and and he's like I just I haven't been I haven't been asleep in three days you know exactly why he just sounds like a college douche I'm like you're a fucking I hate this guy and then you meet him and like wow and he is a college yeah. douche I'm like she's so hot he looks what? like a deflated prince valiant <laughs> I just I love I love his conversation. He's like, I'm gonna quit the conservatory and we're gonna get married. Like, not a question. No. No romance. That doesn't come until later. Just this <laughs> fucking statement. It's we're so gonna weird. Get married. Because he does that because Jess is pregnant and she's like, uh he's like, Oh, that's great. And he's like, No, fuck that. I don't wanna have this baby. And I'm like, right on. <laughs> And he's like, wait, what? You getting an abortion? Just making what? smart decisions yeah. already. She's so young and wise. I know. And I'm just like, dude, She, she's like, I'll, I, I'm just telling you. He's like, no, we have we have to discuss this. And I'm like, well, you really don't. She's doing you kind of a courtesy by even fucking telling you. God, this guy is a dick. I get the, emo- I I get so the emotion much. there because if I were in that position at that age... I would definitely have been upset if it was just like, you don't get a say in this. I would have been upset. But there's there's a better way to approach it than being a dick and being like, hey, no, look, I'm going to lay down the law and yeah. I'm going to tell you how it's going to be. That's not the way to do it. Maybe be like, hey, uh, I understand, but can we talk about it? Yeah. Like there's there's <laughs> there's a way to be like supportive and you know, you know how much this recital or whatever means to me. Right. And she's like, yeah. And then she's also like, go fuck yourself. Because I will say in have. fairness, that was a dick move on her part to tell she should have right waited before the recital. I mean, I, come on. I agree agree with that but it's his fault that he let it get to him but he is a dick i mean let's not let's not beat around the bush he's a full-on dick for sure (laughs) and we get another moaner call and this one got weirder i don't really remember what he says but i remember it getting kind of i was getting more and more uncomfortable i think that was the one where he starts doing the multiple voices and shit i think it was the first one where he does the multiple voices oh man and it's 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 just it's very schizophrenic (sighs) interesting factoid i believe i saw an interview with bob clark discussing the phone calls specifically. There was no script for them. He had oh. ideas that he wanted the actor to convey, and then he was like, "And just kind of, just kind of do your own thing, you know. Figure out how you want to do this, and then we'll sweeten it up in post." Bob Clark didn't actually know everything that the dude was saying, <laughs> so he's just cutting he, it together. He was just post. like, "Look, here, here's the, here's, here's the, here's the main points. All right, there's Billy, and and then I want you to, I want you to address a, there's a, there's an issue with a baby and and a murder. We need these things to go together so that she feels like like it's talking about." her you know like it's like it's what's his dick talking about their shit because up till that point i mean we of course came into it kind of knowing 
what the ending was going to be. You knew what the actual ending was going to be. I knew what the remake ending was. And consequently, we sort of had it spoiled for us. But if you think about it, there is a very logical progression throughout the movie that would lead you to believe that Billy is that guy. I can't remember his name. What's his name? What's his name? Dick? We'll just call him Dick. Peter. 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 Close enough. <laughs> Close enough. So Billy and Peter are the same. I, there's, there's ample evidence to suggest that Billy and Peter are the same guy. Yeah. Even the whole thing about where she's like, oh, it couldn't have been him. He was in the house at the time. And then later we find out the call was coming from in the side of the house. And he uh. was upstairs when the call came. Yeah, there's plenty of evidence. And it's not until after the final moments that we realize that, no, Billy's a completely different character and he's still alive. And he sucks still. And I just wanted, I was waiting <laughs> for his ass to die the whole time. No, no such luck. So we get to the police station with Phyllis. Her, Phil, I guess. Nobody ever calls her Phyllis. That's I just true. Assume. Nobody calls uh, her Phil. Claire's Phyllis. dad and Barb. <laughs> <laughs> who is delightful in this scene and this public service guy this fucking cop guy whatever he is is a fucking <laughs> idiot nash why can i remember his nash name and no yes one else's. he is a dumb shit and an asshole and barb gives him he's like can i have the phone number of the house where this is all happening and she says fellatio it's a new extension or whatever new exchange new exchange fe and she spells it out for him he doesn't get it i feel like that joke came just a few years too late because later on (laughs) there's the scene where someone's actually dialing the phone and they just dial straight through they don't go through the exchange so i'm kind of wondering like uh was that joke maybe written a little earlier and then it and then by the time the movie got made the exchanges had kind of been phased out because they have that whole scene where they actually show the phone system working the mechanical oh, yeah, phone yeah. system and uh <laughs> yeah so i feel like that was a funny that was probably a funny joke during the first draft of the script but it didn't make a lot of sense by the time the movie actually got made but it, it gets funnier because we cut back to the police station at some point and this dude's sitting behind john saxon laughing his ass off and i've forgotten about the joke <laughs> and i was like what the fuck's so funny what is so goddamn funny right now why is that idiot laughing did they just forget did they did, did like something off camera make him laugh and they just left it in but then, no because he's laughing it's like this long take yeah and yeah. he's just laughing and i'm just like what and then we see saxon's <laughs> looking at the report he's getting ready to call the house and the number is fellatio and then yep. nash's reaction is kind of perfect he's like it's something dirty in it <laughs> in it yeah uh, <laughs> he just walks off i'm a little sad that he didn't die i am a little sad nash didn't die but you know whatever there's no justice in the world this doesn't really have anything to do with anything but when jess is looking for claire she's trying to figure out where he is she goes to find his boyfriend who happens to be a hockey player i think do you remember in the 70s when nobody fucking wore helmets playing hockey (laughs) i saw that when i watched Slapshot. the same thought came to my head i'm like the only person wearing a fucking helmet is the goalie i'm like there's a couple people on the team wearing helmets but no no masks no no face guards at all (laughs) anyway that's just like wow we've come a long way don't use eight ounce gloves anymore (laughs) right right (laughs) now now they're like what 80 ounces those things are fucking huge (laughs) and i wrote down more jess's boyfriend looks like an asshole because he is he does (laughs) he really does i hate him i hate his fucking thing i hate it all this tall skinny fucking loser of a dipshit no pretentious artist that's the worst part for me yeah like he's a pretentious artist it oh and you're just like <laughs> fuck you and the, the reason i'm so fuck you and i know it's the same reason you were because i was totally him in my early 20s 
I wasn't university level skilled, but I was oh, com- I was no. just as pretentious. I was a little less pretentious because I was also a fat nerd, and I knew that. But I was a little. I was I was like I was like halfway there. <laughs> but I was also way less talented. That's true. I was not terribly talented. Except I wasn't really impressed with his piano playing. But I was talented enough to pick up girls in the park. I was not. I had a girlfriend like all through my high school career. The same <laughs> one. So when we go back to the police station, this time we have the boyfriend though. Claire's boyfriend. Not really the boyfriend. Apparently he's just some guy she's been seeing, quote unquote, the hockey player. But we meet John oh, yeah. Saxon I've been and take, all that. I've been taking her out. Yeah. What the fuck's that mean? <laughs> Dad's like, fuck you. <laughs> the dad is <laughs> He is unimpressed. I, I just I love the shake the handshake scene and the dad is just so clearly like <laughs> And like he seems like a nice guy who actually gives a shit too. So yeah, like, he does. Accept that, yeah. it, Dad. It's fine. He he's he's, re- he's genuinely concerned yeah. with her safety and stuff. Like he's like immediately as soon as what was her as soon as Phil shows up or was it Phil who infor- who went and found him? Or Jess. was it No, it was, it was Jess. Yeah, that's right. It was yeah. As soon as she shows up though, he's immediately concerned. Like he cares. Give him give him a fucking break. And I don't I don't even know what the fuck happens now. <laughs> uh the father, Claire's father, overhears Nash <laughs> at the front desk saying, Oh, such and such address on sorority row, you know, like oh, and basically yep. saying, Yeah, no, we're not you know, it's probably just it's probably just one of your boyfriends having having a laugh. <laughs> right. And then he informs Saxon and Saxon goes, Hey, what's that phone call you got? And he's like, Oh, just some heavy breather. I told Fine. him we I didn't want to bother you with it, boss. And, you know, and he's like, Yeah, well, uh we got a we got a dead we got a dead thirteen year old and we got a missing thirteen year old. Oh, that's right, miss that could they hadn't found the <laughs> yeah. body yet we got a missing 13 year old and a and a college girl is whatever the fuck i don't fucking <laughs> yeah Clo- I'm, not, I, I'm yeah. not even drunk and i feel drunk <laughs> but this is how it gets all the time like i'm good for like half the movie and then and then it gets to a certain point and i'm like wait a minute what the fuck happened <laughs> anyway i think even my suffice to say to suffice to say saxon puts two and two together because <laughs> yeah. he's a cop not like this dipshit oh my god there's a reason he's a paper pusher you know yeah and he's not even good at that like i <laughs> he did He's just constantly not forwarding information to the detective. <laughs> Seems pertinent these... Well, whatever. Fuck this guy. Jess's boyfriend is an asshole again. His recital did not go well. No. Which he sounded like shit anyways. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, were you... Were you? Did everything he played sound flat? Yeah, it sounded awful. And I'm like, was it supposed to sound like that? But this guy then... Does he go to the conservatory and fucking break their piano? I think he goes to the practice room that he was... You know, he was talking about that one particular practice room that oh, he yeah, always yeah. was in. That's what I meant. That's where he smashed up. Yeah. Was it? That wasn't even his piano. No. I just that fucking realized that. was the university's piano he that smashed up. a grand piano. That, that was... Shit. It has to be expensive. <laughs> that was probably worth more than his education. At wow. And just, just fuck this guy. I get it. Be pissed off, but fuck you. I think what we're doing is we're establishing a pattern of uh, uncontrollable rage in his character. <laughs> yes. So as oh, to as to throw suspicion on him as a re- as a better red herring. And now. Speaking of red herrings, we have a little bit of a MacGuffin here. At this point, this is where we get introduced to that. I don't know if I think it might have been mentioned before, but we actually we're we're getting deep into trying to find the thirteen year old girl because apparently they got a they got a leak or something. Oh right. Or or uh, yeah, because they they don't think Claire no, they, is dead yet. So yeah, they wouldn't. They know the girl went missing in the park because the mother said she had to walk yes. through the park. So everybody is getting together. They all the all the girls who are sober enough to do it go down to the park. <laughs> right. And they all stand in a line and walk across the park because that's what you do 
And then we kind of forget about that for a few minutes because why not? Mrs. Mac is going to pack to go someplace and she pulls out a fucking bottle from her suitcase because that, that's what she does. <laughs> she, this woman in a goddamn <laughs> bottles all over. She's like, the bottles don't just drink themselves. And then she pulls one out and it's fucking empty. I love it. She's funny. They don't. You know what they do? They get drunk by Billy because he's in her room all Exactly. The time. Oh, shit. <gasps> And then she hears her cat. She hears, or does she hear the cat? No, because the cat's in the attic. Remember, the cat is on. It's literally I, on Claire's face. Because I did, I didn't hear anything, so I was wondering if it was just like creaking or if she actually heard the cat meow. I don't know if she heard the cat meow or if she heard Billy creaking, but she definitely heard something coming from the attic. And since the cat is the only suspect at this point, <laughs> she decides to go looking for him. Yeah, so she climbs into the attic and her head's kind of, she's just there. And you see off off into like the corner of the frame, there's this dude holding a hook. <laughs> that she, she's kind of. It's on a pulley. Yeah, it's on like a pulley. A, like, a, like a winch. Don't thing. know why that's up there. Well, I think it's for hauling things up. I, well, like heavy I've things. Ne- I've up never had an attic, attic that like had storage. Was large space. enough to store shit yeah. in. Our attic, it's just insulation. That's all it is. Oh, yeah. uh, Mine too. <laughs> yeah. I don't have a fun attic. Nobody's hiding in there. I used to live in a house that had a fun attic though. And every time I went up there I had that moment where I was like, Is there a killer? Ooh. Damn it. <laughs> I've never had an attic in any house that I've ever lived in that was like that. It's fucking dumb. The attic is right next to our bed though, upstairs. So every once in a while I'll tell I'll tell Rachel about like that movie The Hangman. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen it with Jeremy Sisto. It's like a found footage movie, but the the guy living in their attic is fucking filming him and shit. <laughs> I bet she fucking loves that. She hated it. I told oh her all God. about it. I'm like, ah, he's like that's making right. sandwiches I, and shit. <laughs> that's right. You told me I got it. It was that the Jeremy Sisto one you said. Yeah. you recommended. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Is that on Tubi? No, I got it from Horror Pack. Oh, so. that's right. Uh, so yeah, the cat. Oh, yeah, no, she's up there. Her fucking head's poking up there, and you see the hook. But she finally turns in just the right direction, and you see Claire sitting in this fucking rocking chair with the plastic still over her face. And, of course, Mrs. Mac freaks out. Speaking of which, the actress who played Claire did a really good job playing dead. Yeah, it, it's super It's super disturbing. Like, there's yeah. nothing There's nothing fun about this. No, she did, a, she did a really good job. Like, she looked dead. Yeah. It was creepy. And that plastic, of course... The plastic over the face sucked into the mouth. That is really unforgiving. If she fucked up that, if she fucked that up at all, it would have just been like crinkle, flat, you know, <laughs> yeah. inflate. She had to hold her breath for some long shots. I'm I'm very impressed with her work. Yes. Very good. But hey, Mrs. Mack gets a hook to the face. Yes, she does. We don't see it because, you know, this is a low budget movie in the 70s. It's classy horror. It is. Sort of. <laughs> I stick my tongue in your pink pussy. Yes, that's very classy. Bob Clark, how did he go on to make like the one a of the perennial most, Christmas classic? One of the most beloved Christmas family movies of all time. <laughs> it's awesome. I fucking love that he did that. It's only nine years later, too. Yeah, that's, yeah. They that's even have awesome. this. They even have a lot of the same. I think he used the same lighting and cinematography and stuff because the look is very similar of these two movies. You know what? I didn't even think about that. I'm gonna. I might have to watch these back to back one of these days. Also, and just check it out. The guy who plays the uh, the guy who plays the telephone guy is the guy who sells them the Christmas tree. Oh, is it? Yes. He just looks way different with his same guy weird hair and his mustache and shit. Yeah, this is a good tree. You won't lose any needles on this tree. Ah, <laughs> oh, you don't want that tree. <laughs> oh, hell, that's not a tree. <laughs> that's not a tree. <laughs> uh, I, I love it. That, that's the only part I like about Christmas is being able to watch Home Alone in a Christmas story and <laughs> not care. So Mrs. Mac is dead. Then Billy starts flipping the fuck out because like somebody was downstairs and like they leave the house or some shit. And I don't know. Don't remember who it was. 
But somebody he sees somebody walk out the door and then he starts losing his goddamn mind and starts breaking shit up in the attic. I don't remember that you at don't all. Remember that? What the <laughs> fuck? That was so weird. He just kind of started losing his losing his shit, and I don't know why. No, but I since you no don't idea. remember, I have no idea what you're talking about. I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember but, a single. <laughs> like that gives me no inclination of anything. It was literally right after Mrs. Mac died. Somebody walks out the door and he sees it, and then he just starts breaking the the, the rocking horse and shit. And he just yeah. I, don't I know. remember him flipping out, but he, you don't really see him break stuff. He just kind of like no, yeah, I wiggles it around. I remember <laughs> him doing that. I just don't remember what incited it at all. Oh yeah, no, nothing. Nothing did. I don't know. I'm I'm trying to figure it out. This is you def- don't you don't remember who it was who no. walked out of the I house? Been Phil. I don't, Wait, no. Was it Phil? Oh, fuck, I don't know. It might have been Jess. Well, Phil wasn't dead at this point. I know no. that. Because they, they were out looking for the... And even um, um, Barb wasn't dead no. yet either. Nope. She was sleeping, I think. Was she sleeping at that point? Or no, they were at the police station. Oh, yeah, fuck, yeah. They were at the police know. station. Yeah, she doesn't go... God damn it. She doesn't start sleeping until after the blow up at dinner. Right, where everybody... And she, where, she's, where she makes Claire's disappearance about her. Of course she did. You can't rape a townie. That's just, I'm just I'm just gonna start. I'm just gonna make that a thing. Just, that's your new <laughs> that's your new catchphrase. You can't rape a townie. Nobody's ever seen this, so nobody will know what the fuck I'm talking about. How'd you like dinner, honey? Well, you can't <laughs> rape a townie. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> that's a good one. Oh boy. All right. So you know what? The next scene, we find that 13 year old. We never see her. We never see the no. body. We never see what happens. And it's still horrifying because you see, yeah, you see the mother see the body. Yeah. Just wow. And the reaction of the girl who finds her is really like the her scream was the kind of thing that cuts right through like any kind any kind of any kind of mental haze you're in that scream hits you and yeah. it just digs right in they whoever they got to do that whether it's the actress who is actually on screen or not that was a solid scream the fact that bob clark did not go on to make horror his primary thing in his career is kind of a fucking tragedy <laughs> And yet he made this masterpiece. And then he made And I don't say that ironically. It's really a it's really a great horror movie. I'm surprised at how much I like this. I think I that's that's another that's another way I know I'm getting old. Because all these movies that I watched in my twenties, not this one, obviously. Like I watched the Mad Max and I'm like, oh that was fine. Then I watched it again, like last year, and I'm like, holy shit, that movie's fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm boring and a movies that are that are really slow to build up, but then they get that last twenty minutes or so that's just fucking crazy. I like those. I don't yeah. know why. <laughs> Same thing happened in the fucking It's cause you're yeah. starting to appreciate quality more. Oh, Oh, that's weird but i also appreciate shitty movies still i had a conversation just, yeah. about this this weekend with my daughter we were talking about we were talking about books she was talking because my youngest has just been assigned to read fahrenheit 451 my daughter said fahrenheit 451 was a piece of crap i hated <laughs> that book my teacher said it was her favorite book and so i thought it was going to be great and it was boring i literally fell asleep in class while they were playing the audio book version of it it's <laughs> like that book was so boring i couldn't believe it and i'm like you know why you think that because a you read it five years ago when you were still into twilight and shit like that <laughs> yeah. and b you're a member of a generation and by the way when i say this i know i sound like you know you, you just kind of want to be like okay boomer but <laughs> and i'm not a boomer but <laughs> almost but almost. i'm not saying it as if it's my daughter's fault it is not my daughter's fault that she's a part of a a generation with the shortest attention span in history so far and that is yeah <laughs> No, up until this point, 
my kids' generation has the shortest attention span possible yes. through no fault of their own. They did not do anything wrong. <laughs> We're the ones who foisted this bad attention span on uh. them. It is our fault, not their fault. But she does have a minuscule attention span, and especially five years ago when she was 12 years old or whatever it was, she had an even shorter attention span. So, of course, Ray Bradbury bored her. Ray Bradbury bored me when I was 14 years old. Right, yeah. But, and this is what I said to her. I said, listen, what you want to do is in about five to 10 years, go back and reread Fahrenheit 451. And what you'll notice is that your tastes have changed and you've developed an appreciation for quality over pacing you see pacing is good and a lot of a lot of modern movies and modern books they understand pacing really well and they're able to deliver on pacing but what they can't deliver on is a lot of the tone and stuff that really great works of art are able to deliver on but that sometimes comes across as boring because when you're setting up tone you have to do it deliberately you have to take step one to step two to step three and you have to do them in the right order and you have to do them in the right speed and if you overshoot it you end up messing up the tone entirely bob clark in this movie and uh, whatever the guy the mad max guy's name is in that movie and and a lot of really good artists they understand tone and when they craft tone they do it in a very deliberate way and it comes it can come across as boring when you have a very short attention span but the as you get older you find you have a more developed attention span and a more refined palette and that's what I told my daughter. I said, you give yourself 10 years. You'll go back, read Fahrenheit 451. And if you're able to do it without the prejudice of saying, well, I didn't enjoy this the first time, you might find out that it's your favorite book. I know. That's crazy, isn't it? And by that point, we might be burning books. So you might want to get on it. <laughs> if things keep heading in the direction they're going. No, I think we're we're a little closer to uh, to Brave New World than we are 1984, I will have to say. There, 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 mm. There's a fair deal of both of them, both of those things in our culture, but we're definitely more... More, more Brave New World than we are 80, 1984. In some ways. I don't know. Like, I, I read Brave New World recently, not when I was young. Oh, okay. I read it about... I read it in high school. So I read it about three or ago. four years ago. And I gotta say, there are certain elements of Brave New World that I wish we were more like. Uh, honestly, me too. That was, I'm like, that <laughs> seems sort of pleasant. Like, yeah, I feel like we're Brave New... We're becoming Brave New World by way of 1984. Ooh. So, like, we have to do 1984 like first. Like, worst of both worlds situation. <laughs> we have to get through all the bad 1984 stuff first, and then we can get Brave New World and Soma and all that stuff. Yeah, it's like it's like right now, we have all the ink sock guys telling us how bad Soma <laughs> is for us, you know? It's yes. like, like oh, they want us to lose all the rights that Brave New World took away from us, but they don't want to give us Soma to make up for it. It's like, <laughs> okay, fuck you, <laughs> pieces of shit. <laughs> oh, shit. I need to read that again one of these days i haven't read it since high school it's been a lot it's time. worth it's worth a reread ah so where were we they found the 13 year old she's dead we get another moaner call it keeps going these ones are these ones are escalating though this because one, now begging she's to be stopped now he was he was freaking out and going like stop me i need to be stopped and, and then, he also starts bringing the killing the baby thing into or or i think he maybe throws it on right at the end he throws on that line about oh yeah, you're gonna murder the baby having it removed like, like a cyst yes yes something like that yes because oh, because Obviously, Billy overheard if he was in the house, he overheard what they said or if 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 penis was him. And this is this is the call that Peter is in the house for. Yeah. So he comes walking down the stairs because I know that because I wrote down the you douche boyfriend is there. (laughs) And she's I said, she's hot as fuck. She can do so much better than this toolbox. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, she is. And she can. But now because his his 
his thing went so poorly. This is where he goes. I'm gonna I'm gonna quit the conservatory. Uh, we're gonna get married. And I'm like, no mention of the baby, by the way. He does not mention that thing fucking once in that little conversation. And she's like, uh. Why don't you go fuck yourself, dude? I don't want to marry you. <laughs> yeah, she's like, uh, you like, have jumped more than a few just times here. She kind of says, just because you've given up on your dreams doesn't mean I have to give up on mine. Yeah, fuck off. exactly. <laughs> and I'm like, you fucking go. That's girl power right there. And this was awfully progressive for the time. Holy it God. was. She's a girl who's in a situation she's considering. Like, she's decided she wants to have an abortion, and we're not condemning her for it. No. Like, the movie never condemns her for it. The character condemns her for it. But the movie never does. In the movie, she's a hero. Was Bob Clark a nice guy? If nothing else, uh, reasonably progressive for his time. <laughs> Interesting. I don't, <laughs> I don't know why I wrote this down. But well, first I said fire that dumb shit desk cop guy. Wow, I don't remember what the fuck happened. <laughs> Fucking Nash again. I don't know what happened again. <laughs> no, I think this is the. Uh, I think this was the point at which. Is this the? Oh, this is the fellatio scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. right. We already talked about it. I got confused. But then I wrote, "Oh my god, the boyfriend is such a fuckface. Kill him, kill him, kill him." And I don't remember what he did then because obviously we cut back again, or maybe they're just intercutting and they're having the same conversation. Yeah, I think that conversation and the fellatio. I I think they came okay. back to each other. Good. Good. But now, then we get to the point where they get, they come to the cops, the good cops, the not shitty ones, come to, <laughs> and, the, and the phone guy come to the house to investigate. And he's like, we're going to put a tap on your phone. We're going to do this thing. And Oh, no, that's right. That's right. Penis makes the comment about the cyst during that conversation right, right, while right. he's in the house. And then it's not until the following phone call that billy starts there mentioning that's right having it removed like a cyst now we're back on track no yeah you're right <laughs> that was the one where billy was like stop me stop me yeah. you know when the cops are inside they had just had that fight so uh peter storms out as the cops are there that's right and saxon sees him leave and the boyfriend just kind of lurks in the fucking trees for a minute <laughs> yeah i'm like what is Obviously, he's the killer, right? At this point, yeah. But then we also get a oh, shot. And, oh, and he and he ends that conversation with, if you do this, you're going to regret it. Oh, yeah, there is that. And then goes to lurk in the trees. Yes. Then there's also that shot a few minutes later of the, the killer of Billy rocking fucking Claire in the chair, uh-huh. which is just chilling in ways that I can't quite describe. Movie's yeah. fucking creepy. <laughs> it is. It's creepy as shit. Barb goes all freaky outy on everybody and Barb loses then, her shit on uh, like, Claire's dad. I'm like, go to bed. <laughs> she's like, You're all gonna blame me for this, isn't it? She's go. dead and, and she just and just callously throwing that out at the dad. Who don't get me wrong, the dad's a dick, but it's his fucking daughter. <laughs> yeah. Like there's a tactful way to do that, Barb. <laughs> Fuck. I like a bad girl, but not you're a just mean being one. a piece of shit right now. So she's she's gonna go sleep it off upstairs. Or so she thinks but also well i mean she does go to sleep phil eventually goes up there too so jess is kind of all alone how i can't remember how she doesn't hear barb getting killed with the awesome unicorn by the way he he (laughs) billy stabs her with a glass unicorn sweet out with a giant fucking horn because apparently barb loves glass animals and she has a bunch on the uh, the headboard oh, of her bed. That's how it is, because because uh, now now Jess is all alone. But Barb wakes up with an asthma attack, and because yep. she had a dream about a stranger coming into her room. I'm, I'm, Turns I'm out guessing a stranger that wasn't really a dream. did come into her room. <laughs> carolers, the carolers come and start singing oh, yeah. that Christmas song. That's right. And I thought Jess was going to be like, you know, hey, uh, could you guys get out of here? There's people trying to sleep. We've had <laughs> we've had a rough night, but she just no, she just very politely, really sweet, and very happily listens to their song. Like I said, I could see settling down with her. But I want to bang it out with, I want to bang it out with Barb. Me too. 
there's there's a fuck Mary kill situation in here, but I don't really want to kill any of them. I don't want to. I don't want to kill Phyllis. Well, she'd be the. I want to kill the boyfriend. <laughs> Can we have a have a fuck fuck Mary kill? Who do we? Who are we killing in this scenario? We're killing the boyfriend. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. We can fuck Phil and Barb, and then marry Jess. Both of us at the same time, Mormon style. <laughs> I don't think Mormonism allows for two dudes and one girl. Doesn't. <laughs> because most religions religions are founded on the fact that men are just more powerful and better than women just in general. Women are baby making machines. Women. That does tend to be a prevailing I'm gonna ideology. Qu- I'm going to quote, I, I hope they serve beer in hell again. <laughs> Women belong chained to a stove with only enough slack to reach the bedroom because those are the only two places where their rib stealing gender is worth a damn. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I guess that guy must be hoping they serve beer in hell. <laughs> he he does say it in the movie, but it's only after he, uh, he uncontrollably shits his pants in a hotel lobby. <laughs> That movie's so stupid. But some of the dialogue is funny. The rest of it's awful. The dialogue is funny. He, the, the character that I was talking about last week, the one who said his poor name is Scott Peterson, has this big monologue about... <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> he has this big monologue about... In the movie, they had to change it because McDonald's wouldn't give him the rights to use uh, Mick Griddle. But he's talking about the Pancake Witch. That's what they call it. And he, it's just this <laughs> big... Pancake Witch. <laughs> yeah, this big monologue about, about how great the fucking Mick Griddle is. And he's like... Then you then then you hit the the syrup nugget and then it cuts to him like eating one and he's like the motherfucking syrup nugget. <laughs> so right after right after Barb gets killed, I keep on wanting to call her Barb. Bab. <laughs> my my late wife Barb. Hey Bab. Fucking embarrassing. Oh, you think oh <laughs> yeah. Oh fuck, that's right. We gotta have a Letterkenny letter reference. And the calls just keep getting weirder and he he says he'd just like having a wart removed. That's how he wants. That's that's how the baby's gonna. Oh, get wart taken removed. Out. Okay, a wart. That's what her boyfriend said. Oh my god, that's what I wrote. But I wrote it uh, really obnoxiously with G A W D. And then for some reason we cut to the police station again, where a fucking farmer shoots a cop in the ass. Yeah, which is completely out of nowhere. And I think are we just doing all this stuff to show that John Saxon's character is just like a person? He's got to deal with shit all the <laughs> because time. He looks he looks at the guy who was giggling about the fellatio thing, and he's like, "If you laugh about this, you're fired or some shit." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, because he has that he has that thing where because they planted the bug in the phone, the phone rings, he picks it up. Billy says the line about having having it removed like a war. And Olivia is like, oh, my God. And then Saxon's like, hey, did you recognize what he said with the, oh, my God? No, I was just horrified yeah. at what he was saying. And then in comes. Oh, yeah, that's right. So, so there was a purpose. But shot cop. <laughs> oh, there's man. a purpose to us being there. But there's yeah. no purpose to show that other than extending running time and being. It's a funny gag. You yeah. know, like all, all, the, all the funny stuff actually makes me laugh. Like now, all the jokes. You work. come back on my property. I'll shove the gun up there. Sideways. <laughs> yeah, I heard that. Like, wow, I'd hang out with that farmer. That guy's awesome. And then we we got back to the house, and it's another call, but this time it's from Peter, and I don't even remember what the fuck he said. I just said I hate, hate, hate him. That's what I wrote because I fucking hate this guy so yeah. much. He is not a likable character. Like, no, you want this guy to be the killer so You're bad. You're completely okay with him being the killer. You're oh, like, God. when are they gonna? When are they? When is he gonna go down in a hail of bullets from John Saxon's gun? <laughs> you just want it to happen. Something better happens to him, though. I think, which we don't see, but still. He uh, gets beat to death by his girlfriend (laughs) (laughs) but either way my next note is phil is dead 
because very shortly thereafter, she goes upstairs and she's going to check on Barb because Barb had the asthma attack earlier, which <sighs> which she doesn't refer to. That was, that was kind of a funny thing because my son has asthma, so asthma is very near and dear to my heart, <laughs> which is a weird way to say it. Yes. <laughs> I don't mean that I'm a fan of asthma. I fucking hate it, but my son has it, so it's in my head. It's a reality I deal with on a daily basis. <laughs> it sounds like I'm like, yeah, fucking kill him. Kill him. Get him out of my life. <laughs> Well, Nothing could be further from the truth going on record. But she doesn't refer to it as it caused an asthma attack. She says when when she's talking about the dream, she's not she doesn't say it gave me an asthma attack. She says it gave me asthma. Yeah. <laughs> Like she didn't have it up to that point. She was just carrying around this inhaler in case she ever got asthma. <laughs> it was just a strange way to phrase it. So Phil goes to check on Barb and we all know what happens there. Yes. Even though it happens off camera in a classy, low budget way. Yes. And then we get another call. Of course we get another call mm-hmm. because, you know, and I said probably coming from inside the house because we had a little, we had a couple hints at this point. And then the calls are coming from inside the house. And of course the cop outside the house is dead. Because they placed a cop outside to watch over the house. Right. You know you know how that goes in these movies. And again, I keep on, I need to fucking fill my notes when I do this with more context because I have no <laughs> idea what the fuck I just. What does it say? The next one is Nash fucking sucks. <laughs> <laughs> can't even remember what he did now no that's the that's where that's where saxon is out he's out and about and he gets the call from the guy at the phone company the tree salesman who's working for the phone company five years earlier and he tells him that the call is coming from er, that is coming from the street oh yeah and he says no that's the number that the calls are going to he says well it's also the address the calls are coming from and then saxon figures out the calls are coming from inside the house because they mentioned that earlier that there's a second line in what's her name mrs max room max yep but that nobody takes calls on that phone they haven't gotten any of the abusive phone calls on that phone and so he puts two and two together as we put two and two together and he he calls nash on the radio and says tell her to get out of the house don't tell her why (laughs) just yeah just tell her to get out of the house that's right and that's why he sucks tell her to turn around (laughs) and walk out the door and just do what you said and nash calls her up and he goes listen i need you to walk out the front door and she's like okay i'll go get Barb and Phil. She's like, no, no don't go get, get Barb and Phil. <laughs> don't go get Barb and Phil. And then she's like, no, I gotta go get... He goes, the calls are coming from inside the house! Just get out of the house! The calls are coming from inside the house! Yeah. <laughs> oh, he is the fucking worst. I hope he gets... I hope he got fired Because Nash can't fucking do anything right. <laughs> but of course, Jess has to be a hero. She grabs the fucking fire poker yes she does so she goes upstairs and she finds phil and barb in the same bed together which is kind of sexy if you think about it it was sexy until they both got sliced <laughs> until up. you figure out that they're both dead yeah <laughs> uh, and oh and this is where that creepy shot comes because he's fucking behind the door he's behind the door and that Ooh, and that, his eye that bulgy that weird door. eye oh, oh man whoever the eye model was for billy Ooh. creepy as fuck Third. That got me. The phone calls were one thing, but that shot was like, Eep. yeah. I think I actually went, uh, <laughs> yeah, because that fucking that got me pretty good. That and was- I will, I will say this about the remake: they captured that. Okay, so we're almost done with the movie. We're we're at, we're at the climax right now. So she Jess is running from this fucking guy. This is where that that hand thing comes in comes into play, where she pushes him right to kind of get away from his yeah, ass. Yeah, exactly. She's getting chased through the house. Yeah, she- no, there, there's there's actually the scene when she sees the eye. What does she do? She jumps up, puts both hands on the door, and slams him against the wall behind the That's door. That's Bob Clark saying, "Fuck you, Illuminati." <laughs> That's what that is. I'll blind your all-seeing eye. 
That's true. <laughs> Billy is only ever revealed as the single eye. He is. We never see a second eye. No. Oh, fuck. <laughs> this is Bob Clark's commentary on the Illuminati. I wish he was still alive so we could confirm this. Uh, oh, there's your, there's your fan theory right I there, like man. It. Oh, we haven't had one of those in a while. No. Oh, shit. <laughs> Fresh off the presses and you came up with it. Yes. On accident. Look at that. <laughs> I'm a smart guy. So we end up in the basement, as most good horror movies do. Billy chases her down into the basement, and we get a lot of pushback. She pushes yeah. back many times. She is. She's a badass. She is. Then we see somebody skulking around outside the fucking basement windows and shit. Very fucking creepily, Yes. by the way. We don't know who it is. We think it's Billy, but... Turns kinda, out. Turns out it's fucking Peter, and he's all... He breaks the fucking window to get in there. smashes through the window <laughs> And call it Jess. Jess. She doesn't even make a sound to make him to make no. give him a good plausible reason to smash through that window. Nope. He's just Jess. Jess wipes it, and the look on his face when he wipes the ice off of that window is so fucking creepy. <laughs> Did you notice that? No. I, maybe I was. Just he looks looking. like fucking Joaquin is the Joker in that in that moment, like in his in his madness moment, wiping off the glass. He's like, <laughs> and then and then he goes back to normal as he peeks through, you know, and just looks like. A fucking sociopath instead so creepy and i love it but now it cuts away i think and we right? hear the we hear and her we scream. just hear the scream when the cops show up and they they go down there and i thought she was dead for a second so yeah i think yeah. the first time i watched it i thought she was dead too and he's just laying on top of her and she has clearly bludgeoned him to yeah. death she beat him to death with that fucking fire poker thing and i'm just like fuck yeah good for her good and i i was a little confused even though them. he's not the killer yeah. good for her <laughs> yeah i was a little confused whether they thought she was the killer or if they thought he was because that could have gone either way because there's no, no saxon makes it pretty clear that he was suspicious of penis earlier and now he's absolutely positive i did write <laughs> i wrote down uh her boyfriend is dead thank god <laughs> <laughs> yeah not gonna be a lot of crying over that guy no they knock her out they leave a cop there but they just kind of leave her alone which well is... they clear i think they clear away the bodies first yes. because they have that scene where they there's cut too to many the... i'm like there's four there's four bodies that you guys have that's too many but there's not there's only well there's well, no, two there's, there's two that they took from the house there's the then... cop there's barb there's phil right. and then i guess there's that 13 year old if you count them so yeah. four total so, there would be no, there, there's six total there's barb mm -hmm. there's phil there's the dead cop there's penis oh yeah i forgot about him there's the 13 year old girl that's five. And then the two in the attic. But the cops don't but know don't about the two them. in the attic. So the cops only think they have the five to deal with. And they're calling up the hospital. They're like, there's too many fucking corpses, <laughs> chief. What do we do? Apparently you take them to a bigger hospital. I don't know. Apparently. They, you get started on the autopsies right away. We'll, ha we'll have the parents come in for identification in the morning. Yeah. And they just kind of. they just. They just kind of leave her there. Let her go to sleep. And leave her alone. No, they initially, they initially tell that one cop to stay with her. Yeah. And then. Claire's dad passes out. Oh, yeah, because a nice panic from attack. shock. And then that cop helps take him to the hospital. And now she is all alone in the house. There was There is a cop in the last shot city, standing on the porch smoking a cigarette. Yes, though. that's true. There is a cop so, outside. So there's somebody there, but they need to be inside. But let's face it. This house is pretty well soundproof if Billy was making those frantic phone calls from inside the house and no one heard it. I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> But I will say, I've lived in a house like that, and they are pretty well soundproofed. Do you think Mrs. Mac had it soundproof because she gets a little wild in there? I think Mrs. Mac had it soundproof because the girls probably get a little wild. <laughs> oh, you know what? That makes way more sense than what I was thinking. So, so there you go. They'd never find Claire or Mrs. And then the, the last thing Mac. we hear is Billy in the attic. <sighs> Oh, 
<laughs> and then the phone rings, and it just rings. And fucking credits, and it that just is rings a great, over the That is a great credit sequence. Oh just man, the phone ringing, and this fucking nightmare is over. The to be recommendation for what to watch next came up, and I was like, "Fuck you!" And I, <laughs> yeah, clicked back just to watch the credits with that ringing phone. Oh man, good fucking movie. Very disturbing. If you're yes. looking for a fun horror movie to watch, this is not. No, the this one. is this is not a rollicking good time horror no, movie. No, this this will actually scare some. And the nice thing is, again, the remake genuinely disturbing. Is it? I'm gonna check it out. It is. I'm gonna check it out for you. I'm gonna check it out. I love the remake. I love it. It's everything I want out of a remake. I love this original. I didn't love it the first time I watched it just because I was so distracted by everything I took from the I remake. That. I hate that. I understand. But now that I've <laughs> seen it in its original context without that hanging over it in my head love it absolutely love it and still love the remake even though and this is how you know i genuinely love the remake mary elizabeth weinstead's in it okay i looked at that too and i'm like i thought i saw amy smart in the clips and i looked it up and i'm like that's why he fucking likes it but it's not amy smart (laughs) just looked like her but then i did look it up and i'm like but it has mary elizabeth winstead in it why does he like this fucking movie exactly that's how you know i actually like it because it's got her in it and i still like it so hey that's that's Christmas. <laughs> Again. See, that's that's why we have to do movies like this. We're going to do a little bit. It's going to get a little more. Well, you know what? Hey, how about how about we finish what we're doing first and then we'll uh, I think pitch that's next probably week. a good idea. Uh, so, would you recommend? I bet you would. Oh, you know I'm going <laughs> to recommend this this movie is really good. Yeah, you should, this is this is a perennial Christmas classic. If, if you're a fan of the unconventional Christmas movie, fuck yeah, check like, it out. This and Die Hard are definitely on the list now. This, Every yeah. year, mm-hmm. I'm watching this one again before before the season's over. I'm gonna buy it. I'm gonna go to get that fucking Shout Factory DVD. Scream Factory. Scream Factory. I think what I'm probably gonna end up doing is I'm I'm definitely gonna buy it, and then I think what's gonna happen is I'm gonna go into a biannual rotation. One year I'll do the original. One year I'll do the remake. Well, pretty soon you're just gonna. Be be just gonna have to watch all three together if the if the third is worthy i will uh, and i'm gonna, gonna keep be. an open mind i'm not gonna pay to see it in the theaters but i will keep an open mind pg-13 horror really works when it's like supernatural but i think when it's a slasher movie where people are getting fucking murdered not as well. that's why i yeah that's why i'm very dubious about yeah. this i can't think of a single pg-13 slasher that worked i don't i mean really, i could be wrong i can't even name any <laughs> Do you remember Stay Alive? Yeah. With Frankie Muniz? Yeah, I remember. That was that PG-13? It was. Oh, God. But the thing is, they released an unrated version that has like an additional half hour, and it's actually pretty good. But it's like fully (laughs) R-rated. And that's why it's good, because it's fully R-rated. Okay. All right. So again, hey, that's Christmas. Next week, we'll... Well, maybe not next week. I don't know. Next time, we'll get to... Eventually. We'll get to a little bit more classic Christmas movie. We're going to do Home Alone. (laughs) All right, so you want to support the show? Go to audibletrial.com forward slash sharks across Hollywood and sign up for a free trial where you can get a free audiobook and two free audible originals and why don't you check out if you're into christmas stuff check out nosferatu by joe hill that's nosferatu as in the license plate n zero s number four a the number two so yeah dig that that's a good christmas story that'll uh that'll make you jolly I heard they uh, they just did a movie version of that with uh, Zachary Quinto, a TV like miniseries. Oh, on is it any good? Have you seen it? No, I want to though. I read the book, so. Well, I listened to the book on Audible, and you can too, or 
whatever the fuck you want. I don't care. <laughs> Just listen to whatever Audible book you want. You can bleep that if you want to. I don't know how Audible feels about it. But go to audibletrial.com forward slash sharks across Hollywood and sign up for a free trial. You'll be supporting the show and you'll get a free audiobook in... I mean, they got a huge selection, and they're really good quality audiobooks. I dig them. I listen to them all the time. You should, too. Help the show. Do the right thing. All right, everybody. Hey, how about how about some social media? If you give a shit and want to follow us, you can follow us <laughs> on everything at The Shark Pod. And if you, know, if you feel like giving us your actual money instead of listening to audiobooks and stuff, which you can still do, but you can also give us money at patreon.com slash Hollywood. Hey, so we'll be back next time, maybe in a couple weeks. I fucking don't know. Anyways, it, it'll be out before <laughs> before December's over. Before Christmas, even. I hope. <laughs> so it'll it'll happen. It'll happen. We'll be we'll, we'll get there. But until then, stage awesome. Yeah.